Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the one, the only Animal Farm radio show broadcasting live from the We the People radio network. The date today is Thursday, August 14th, 2008. My name is Benjamin Miller, and I'm chilling here with my fellow radio gunners, Tony Pax. Hello, Ben. And Pyeth on the soundboard. Hello. We've got another great show for you, as always. We've got Jack Blood with us on the program tonight. We're going to be getting into the... Uh, Georgia-Russia conflict, as well into some uh, police state news, your phone calls, and that classic Animal Farm analysis. Straight ahead, you are on the farm. The Animal Farm Radio Show. The law is that guy that wears that badge and a gun. That's the one that puts you in jail. That's the law. So do you men lack confidence? Need some help in that intimate area? Well, now we have the answer for you. The Animal Farm Radio Show. Just for the record, I, I did I did correctly uh, guess that taxman would be the answer. It doesn't count because we all didn't guess exactly. <laughs> uh, we had lots of stuff. We were scurrying around like little uh, ants here before the uh, yeah before the show started, so we're a little bit thrown off guard guard here. Yeah. Well, hopefully all goes well tonight. Obviously, we have one of our favorite, if not our all of our favorite radio hosts tonight, uh, Jack Blood, on the show tonight. So we're very excited yes. about that. Who could not be excited? Um, and appropriately, like you said, our radio gunners here. That's very good, Ben. Good job. I want to start out with the crazy, the unbelievable, the sickly, and the nutty. And, of course, now we talk about the Bigfoot trackers. And they say they've got a body, so I can't wait to see this. Bigfoot may have saw been the found. for this. Did you see the picture? I, I thought it was going to come out Friday. I saw one picture for it of a chopped up uh, ape-looking person in a, in, a, um, <laughs> in a cooler. It was disgusting. Well, but. anybody who listens to Coast to Coast obviously hears much about these types of stories. And, and hey, listen, curiosity is what it's all about. I'm, I'm not making fun of it. They say they have a body. Two Northern California men, that is, and two Georgians say they've got a body. Uh, photo and DNA evidence pertaining to the elusive forest-dwelling man, ape, and that they'll reveal all at a press conference in Palo Alto, California on Friday, Ben. So that's why I'm nice. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I think you'll find this that this is the real deal. Robert Barrows of Redwood City, California, told the Bay City News local wire service. Matthew Witten, a cop in Clayton County, Georgia, and his friend Rick Dyer, a former corrections officer, say they've recently found the body in the woods of northern Georgia. So I guess we'll have to see tomorrow. Yeah, veteran Bigfoot tracker Tom Biscardi said he's examined the body and that scientists will get their chance soon. So maybe we could finally put this whole Bigfoot thing to rest tomorrow. You know, you know something? This whole thing is psychological. <laughs> it sure is. I don't think it, I don't think it's going to get put to rest tomorrow. I don't tomorrow. think so either, Ben. But you know what? It's fun, and that's why we start off the Animal Farm uh, Show with these types of articles. And hopefully we won't have anybody calling and say, I'm telling you right now, it's for real, you <laughs> sons of bitches. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, we're not saying we believe it, folks. We're not saying we don't believe it. We're just reporting what's in the news. So yeah. don't get offended. We're just having a little fun here. God and forbid you have an opinion nowadays. Oh, my God. All this in response. Go ahead, Ben. You, this, you keep th- going. This is out of the New Scientist. This is uh, an interesting article. I, I found this uh, very, very uh, amusing. Beer goggles are real. 
it's official. <laughs> and we all knew that already. But, uh, you know, the next time you hear someone blaming beer goggles for their behavior, you may want to believe them. People really do appear more attractive when our perceptions are changed by drinking alcohol. Uh, there have been a few previous attempts to investigate the idea that people seem to find others more attractive when drunk. Uh, in 2003, psycho psychologists at the uh, University of Glasgow, UK, published a study in which they asked heterosexual students in campus bars and cafes whether they had been drinking and then got them to rate photos uh, people for their attractiveness. That doesn't really sound very uh, reliable. But well. uh, to resolve the issue, a team of researchers led by Marcus Munafo at uh, the University of Bristol in the UK conducted a controlled experiment. They randomly assigned 84 heterosexual students to consume either a non-alcoholic lime-flavored drink or an alcoholic uh, beverage with a similar flavor. The exact amount of alcohol varied according to the individual, but was designed to have an effect equivalent to somebody weighing 70 kilograms drinking 250 milliliters of wine, enough to make some students tipsy. After 15 minutes, the students were shown pictures of people their own age from both sexes. Listen to this. Both men and women who had consumed alcohol rated the faces as being more attractive than they did the controls. Alcohol and alcoholism, uh, that's the source. Uh, surprisingly, the effect was not limited to the opposite sex. Volunteers who had drunk alcohol also rated people from their own sex uh -oh. as more attractive. Oh, so. man. Well, I guess it works then. Beautiful little female. <laughs> well, one thing that's definitely not debatable is that anyone uh, listening to our show while under the influence of alcohol, the show actually becomes more entertaining. It does. That is a proven scientific <laughs> fact. So that is true. Well, you know, hey, we gotta, you know, it's it's we gotta do something here. So yes, folks, if you if you don't like the animal farm and you're forced to listen to us, alcohol can and will help, and that is a, a study. Spieth, your thoughts? <laughs> okay. I'm going to actually get one myself, but this is not funny, and this is really sad, and, and unfortunately, this has to get, you know, I push all the stuff into the beginning-type articles because it is unbelievable, but this is not funny at all. Muslim father burns a Christian, his own daughter, yes, who is a Christian. Is, uh, you have is, that one, Ben? This is I'm disgusting. Sorry. No, 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 wow. no, no, no. I, I, you know, I, this guy slices her tongue out and ignited her on fire. After a debate on religion, Ben. Yeah. So, you know, this, I don't even want to open up the can of, of religious. Oh, and you people. Yeah, it's sick. A Saudi Arabian Muslim father cut out his daughter's tongue and lit her on fire upon learning that she had become a Christian. The and this goes either way. If a Christian man did it, I'd be just as outraged. So I'm not trying to play any of the cards. This is just sick. How people behave is obviously pretty sick in this day and age. But the, uh, the child became curious about Jesus Christ after she read Christian material online, the Gulf News reported. Her father read of her Internet conversation, detached her tongue, and burned her to death following a heated debate on religion, according to an international Gosh. Christian concern report. Why? Yeah, a good question. Their father is employed by the Muat Muatin. I'm sure I mispronounced that. The, uh, or Commission for Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice. The Muatin are police tasked by the government with enforcing religious purity. Uh, now, see, this is Saudi Arabia, and if, if this had happened in Iran, we'd be up in arms, and this would be horrible, course, and we'd start, we'd start loading up our tanks and going to war there. Uh, but since it has happens in Saudi Arabia, our president will go over there, and he will hold hands with the gentleman, and he will skip in the flowers. Kisses and all that. And give hugs sickness. and kisses, yes, and, and things of that nature. So uh, this is this is the type of hypocrisy that we talk about here yeah. on the show. Um, I, want to, I, want to get into, <laughs> I want to get into... Uh, the uh, the stuff that's happening in China. There's so many lies and distortions going on uh, from China True, that it's man. just it's now it's stacking up. I was going to get to these Tuesday, but I, I decided to hold off on them because they weren't as important. But now there are, are many of them, so I'll just read the headlines. 
Beijing enhanced Olympics show fake fireworks. Uh, I'm sure you know you've had to have heard this story where they basically put in fake fireworks on the uh, well pre-recorded, I guess I should say, on the uh, on the opening ceremony, which was supposedly very impressive, well, right, Tony? Yeah, well, you know that's the thing that surprised me, Ben. I was actually watching. You know, the ceremony, kind of with one eye, I was doing a couple of things, but this was perhaps the most entertaining opening ceremony of any event that I've ever seen. I mean, it, yeah. it seemed like they put so much time and effort into it. And then you told me, and then I find out about this this story, where they faked the fireworks. And I'm like, you know, why? What's the point? The, the, the uh, choreographing... Uh, of the people alone was to me so impressive yeah. that it seemed like what a disaster to a lot of fireworks. But the, another thing was that they also did uh, with the opening is that the little girl that sang, um, who was supposedly little pretty uh, little Chinese girl model, and um, uh, apparently there was a contest that um, that uh, the children in China had to sort of compete against another to see who get to uh, to get to sing the opening ceremonies, and a uh, little girl won, but they replaced her with a cuter version of a little Chinese girl oh boy. and threw on national TV and had her lip sync what the, uh, I guess, the ugly girl <laughs> was, was, was actually singing. So, uh, you know, another another false fallacy coming out of China. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a false fallacy. Isn't that make it true? I don't know. I'm just... I'm, I'm, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just trying to bust some horns here. Man. Uh, Chinese news service reported that gold medal gymnast was 13, so, so I guess they put forward a little I've been girl hearing that, a lot about this, too. Yes, yeah. she was 13, and uh, I guess that you have to be 16 in order to, to win, and they actually beat the uh, United States. So I guess I'm, I don't know if we're being sore losers or not and, and saying, hey, she's 13, and uh, what is she going on there? But I guess that is the rules, and they, to they me, it's violated more impressive that. that she's 13. And they, I think so, too, yeah. yeah. But, but it, could be, uh, it could have something to do with her, uh, her body type, how big she is. Uh, she's able to flip faster because of that. You know, there's so many different factors in Who it. Knows? You never know what it is. Uh, on first, on hey, first, kid! <laughs> <laughs> on first hand, you would think that a 16-year-old would be more impressive, but uh, I, I guess there may be a reason why. They, you have to be 16 to, to yeah, be well, on that. So. Hey, hey, listen, if they broke the rules, I'm sure there's going to be a whole, you know, big uh, commotion. I'm just, you yeah. know, I'm just glad that the games are going on and so far, cross your fingers, no huge attacks. I was really worried about these games, all this big, you know, the, the, the build up to it and all the uh, rumors floating around. So let's get everybody out there safe and we'll just finish up before something bad happens. But I do want to keep on the unbelievable, the crazy. This is just unbelievable. This just shows uh, how I guess life could be really funny. Uh, people still believe out there that the Earth is flat. Then I wanted to save this. This is really great. At <laughs> a Fox News, this is nope. and this is true. Believers in flat Earth not about to change minds. At a Fox News, global warming somewhat controversial. Evolution even more so. Still, there's one well-founded scientific notion that everyone can agree upon: the Earth is round like a ball, right? Well, maybe not. The BBC reports that the Flat <laughs> oh. Earth Society thought to have been crippled. <laughs> by the death of its leader in 2001 is still hanging on somewhat uh cruiser quote people are definitely prejudiced against flat earthers <laughs> tennessee-based computer scientist and society member john davis tells the bbc many use that term flat earther as a term of abuse and with connotations that imply blind faith, ignorance, or even anti-intellectualism. And I can kind of relate to what this guy's saying, because, you know, if you believe that 9-11 was anything other than what the government tells us, and you're a 9-11 truther, and so yeah. on and so forth, and we always get labeled, but this is just unbelievable. you got to just see, take your hat off and clap at the humor and, and the, I don't know what else, the stubbornness, but... It is a disgrace, sir, to think that we share a common genetic structure. <laughs> Amen, Captain Picard. <laughs> Davis and his fellow anti-globularists insist their beliefs are based in scientific fact. The Earth, here's a quote, the Earth is more or less a disk 
States James McIntyre, ah. a Briton who helps run the Flat Earth Society's website. Now, again, this is not a joke, folks. You can go to it. The, it, the website is theflatearthsociety.org. All one word, theflatearthsociety.org. Um, obviously, it isn't perfectly flat thanks to geological phenomena like hills and valleys. It is around 24,900 miles in diameter. How about that? The moon landings faked, say the Flat Earthers. Satellite images of Earth, fake, fake, Fake. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so what does flat Earth look like? The North Pole is central, and Antarctica compromises the entire circumference of the Earth, explains McIntyre. Circumnavigation is a case of traveling in a very broad circle across the surface of the Earth. So you guys oh, can check man. this out. So do they say what's under the wow. Earth? Is it elephants? Is it, uh, no, I, I, they, in, in this particular article, Ben, they didn't say anything. But I, like I said, if you, I, I'm going to have to j- <laughs> just to get my... <laughs> Atlas, is, <laughs> Atlas holding. is holding up the disc. In, 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 in. <laughs> well, once again, the Flat Earth... They, you just go and check it out, the flatearthsociety.org. And, and it's like basically just a huge form. It's not, you know, the, just other than the stupid logo of the disc. And I'm sorry to make fun of them, folks, but let's be honest. I think if I think we can, <laughs> if we cannot conclude that the Earth is round, then I give up, and I'm just going to go somewhere else and just live out my life and not try to do anything. Yeah, we're uh, in big trouble. Yeah, we're in big uh... trouble. But you know, sure enough, with this crazy world, I mean, they're, they're... <laughs> I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells. <laughs> yeah, and finally, I do have. I, mean, I have four today, so I want to finish up. But I do have this one here, where the Michigan Joker has been sentenced to sentenced to one day in jail and just, you know, leave it up to the hype with Batman here. You figure someone's going to lose their mind. But a man accused of trying to steal a large Batman movie poster from a cinema lobby while dressed as the Joker has pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge of malicious destruction of property. 20-year-old... Yeah, 20-year-old, 20 years of age, Spencer Taylor entered the plea Wednesday in St. Joseph County District Court. A judge ordered him to serve one day in jail, perform 16 hours of community service, and pay $685 in fines. (laughs) Now, I mean, look, the act is stupid. You have to be a nut to do this, but... Is this real? I mean, isn't this a little overkill? A day in jail know. for stealing a movie poster? Charges of a... T- I mean, it's not like he tried to break the register open and take money, but charges of attempted larceny in a building and using a mask to conceal his identity during the commission of a crime were dismissed as part of Taylor's plea agreement. Anyway... You are a meathead. Yeah, you really are. And I did see the movie. I thought it was great, but... You I did. Mean, I did. Did you like the disappearing pencil trick? That was probably my favorite part of the Joker's character. I, I, mean, I don't want to get into a, you know, yeah, uh, I don't want to spoil Cisco that. and Ebert thing here, but it was a fantastic uh, film, I thought. Yes, very, very good. Um, oh, we got this article right. right here. The, the swimmer Phelps, okay, he's, uh, it, they basically uh, asked him about his diet and what he eats. And, and I, I have heard this, about right? this. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I'll try to go through it as quick as I can with the time we have left. 12,000 calorie a day diet. Six times the intake of a normal adult male, and he, uh, you know, he works his ass off. I'm sure to to burn it off. But yeah. three fried egg sandwiches for breakfast with uh, cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, fried onion, and mayos. Mm. Uh, and then he has two cups of coffee. Uh, he sits down to an omelet containing five eggs and a bowl of grits, a porridge of uh, coarsely ground corn, mm. and then uh, three slices of French toast with powdered sugar on top. Um, wow. And that's just for breakfast. Yeah. Lunch he does. Uh, I'm <laughs> he uh, he downs a half uh, half a kilogram uh, packet of a rich pasta and two large ham and cheese sandwiches on white bread with loads of mayo on top. Wow. Uh, to, to remove any chance that his body body will run out of fuel, he washes this down with about a thousand calories of energy drink. <laughs> really? <laughs> then dinner. 
Uh, he says, time to load up for carbs for next day's training. Another half kilo of enriched pasta goes down the hatch with a chaser yeah. of an entire pizza and 1,000 calories of energy drinks. And then he goes to bed. So I'm How sure does he go to bed? He's, he basically <laughs> says that he, he, all he does is eat, sleep, and swim. Yeah. He says that's, well, that's all a, he does. That's the thing. I mean, when you're swimming as much as he does, you're burning mm-hmm. 12,000 calories a day. But I'd still say that diet is dangerous for what it's worth, folks. But yeah, don't try that at home, yeah, ladies well, and gentlemen, because you'll, you'll be dead by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Adam Forum first segment is about to be over sure enough and stay tuned folks after next segment or during next segment we're going to have jack blood and we after have a next segment after next yep. segment thank you for the correction there my fault uh jack blood to come folks stay tuned much more animal farm show Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to The Animal Farm on the We The People Radio Network. My name is Ben Miller. Chilling here with Tony Pax and Pyeth on the board. Hi, Ben. Uh, Rush Limbaugh. Let's talk about Rush Limbaugh. Where do we begin with this guy, Ben? The sad thing is we can't use profanity, and unfortunately with my dull brain, I cannot explain my thoughts on this guy without. (laughs) So you're going to have to take the ball. Go ahead. Um, Well, let me, uh, I guess let me play the clip and just let it explain. Well, he's, he's blaming Elizabeth Edwards for... Uh, her husband cheating on her. Of course, because it's obviously her fault. It is, it is. And this listen listen bastard. to explain why he, Go why ahead, this yeah, is her just fault. Just play this bastard. Go ahead. We've been told that Elizabeth Edwards is smarter than John Edwards. That's part of the puff pieces on them that we've seen. Ergo, if, 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 if Elizabeth Edwards is smarter than John Edwards, is it likely that she thinks she knows better than he does what his speeches ought to contain? and what kind of things you ought to be doing strategy-wise in the campaign. If she is smarter than he is, could it have been her decision to keep going with the campaign? In other words, could it be that she doesn't shut up? Uh Now, that's as far as I'm going to go. Actually, it wasn't. Never is. A minute later... It just seems to me that Edwards might be attracted to a woman. <clears throat> Can you pause it for a second, Ben? Yeah. I want to know. What are you doing? In fact, I actually want people calling, folks, 512-646-1984. Once again, it's 512-646-1984. Or you could just instant message us at Animal Farm Show, one word. Uh, that's in AOL, Instant Messenger. But... How how many barbiturates do you think this guy is on? How much Oxycontin did he take before this broadcast? I don't know. Because because he's so, he seems like he's so wrapped up with this topic. With, with I don't, this topic <laughs> is so irrelevant. I Thank don't you. Know, your 70. I, don't know, I don't know how he's still on the air. Um, I, I don't know because he's... Ben, done. he's the most... Po- excuse me, but he's the most popular you know, political talk show host most, in the world. Yeah. Yeah, for, I mean, forget political. It's, Isn't it's that just sick? Over, it's overall, you it's know. Overwhelming. A, I don't see what's so smart about How this guy. How do people listen to this guy? But she's me, so smart. Let me. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Let me, let me I'm sorry it. for the interruption. Because you miss you miss the punchline. It's it's really disgusting. Okay, yeah, so my, I'm gonna my, I'll rewind it a little bit. Go it's, ahead. It's a uh, pretty bad. I'm sorry, Ben. Going to go. Actually, it wasn't. Never is. A minute later. It just seems to me that Edwards might be attracted to a woman 
<laughs> Whose mouth did something other than talk? Ah, whose oh, mouth did something boy. other okay. than talk? Yeah, that's, that's, that sounds to you me like, uh, alien. yeah. You are an alien. Uh, I, I'm at a loss for words, Ben, because, I mean, I expect this type of nonsense, to put it very plainly. I expect this nonsense out of Rush Limbaugh. I mean, he, he, you know, because of who he is and what he does and his talk show is ridiculous. I mean, even Hannity's show is better than his. It comes right afterwards. But, uh, you know, I don't know where to begin. Are, are we to blame because we're the ones, you know, supporting his sponsors, the people out there who listen to this chump yeah. every day? Uh, or, you know, or is he to blame? You know, do we have to lift up and try to, you know, get this guy off the air because this is ridiculous. Well, Regardless of Democrat and Republican, I'm, I'm not trying to stick up for Edwards at all or his wife. It's just the fact. I mean, this is such re- this is such nonsense with yeah. what's going on in the world right now. This guy is talking about Edwards and who he likes to have sex with and his preferences. What? I mean, yeah, this, I mean is, this is disgusting. Well, I mean, obviously blaming his wife for, for that because she talks too much because she's too smart. I mean, it's just it's it's, it's, it, even every, it's it, horrible. It, and, and what she's going through right now is supposedly so horrible. Um, you know, that I've, I've, I've heard from from the news stories that it's so horrible. That it's just to, to have the scumbag go out there on the air and say that it's just it's it's absolutely yeah, and, and, and you know and, and just not to be a hypocrite you know we're all about freedom of speech and I'm not I'm not saying you should be fired for this but it's just a lack of taste I mean this is just nonsense you are a political talk show host and I'm not saying you always have to talk about you know important things hey we start our show off with things that are really not necessarily yeah. that important but I mean this is just this is embarrassing embarrassing for to be an American to to be listening to this guy I mean regardless of if you like or dislike John Edwards I mean his wife's going through a very difficult time for for two reasons yeah. obviously the most importantly with the health so uh-huh. uh, Jeffrey in Kentucky uh, our good friend how about some applause Pyth is on the air animal farm show Jeffrey what's up what's on your mind hey, go ahead Jeffrey speak up we're losing uh, you here. where are you guys where are you guys located at I mean where <laughs> at in the world I mean in the United States well, we're we're broadcasting from Connecticut right now. Uh, Fairfield, Connecticut, is the county. Well, to tell you the the size of my gene pool, I've got down, or not my gene pool, but the gene pool in Kentucky, so to speak, down here in the good old Bowling Green, Kentucky, on the I sixty five, on the way down the Bowling Green, right after you pass my house's exit, somebody, you know how back in the day they used to spray paint your girlfriend's name on water towers or on overpasses and stuff, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well. Well, somebody spray painted "We Believe Rush Limbaugh" across an overpass. Wow, that's sad. <laughs> and wow. I'm okay. telling you what, brothers, that when I go to college and I talk about the things that we talk about, and when I go to classes, these people have a cult following of Rush Limbaugh around here that is so bad it would make you vomit. Mm-hmm. And I, can, I can only imagine. You know what, Jeffrey? It's not just your state too. I have relatives who I respect. Who love his show, and it's 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 also in New York, Jeffrey. He is number one in New York, so it, it is countrywide at the very least. Go on. It's on the Paul. What does that? I mean, what does that represent? I mean, does that represent the breads or the circus? You know, I mean, I'm not really sure where we're getting off on. You know, in this society that we're in today, with all this crap going on, especially in Georgia, we're looking down the barrel of a nuclear weapon right now from Russia, and we got some idiot that's overdosed on live radio talking about somebody's sex life like it's you know the biggest scandal going on in the world today 
Right. Well, that's the thing, Jeffrey. That's what they do, and that's what these big media conglomerates do. They don't put on uh, experts that are smart and, and knowledgeable on certain subjects. They put on people that represent the ignorance of the population as a whole, and that's what you see. And feed that ignorance. And Pardon me. And, and feed that ignorance, absolutely. And Rush Limbaugh is the king of that. Um, you know, if you if you listen to talk radio out there, you'll you'll see a huge difference in, in – uh, a Rush Limbaugh, and then a Randy Rhodes, and then a Alex Jones or oh, yeah. a Jack Blood. Oh yeah. For instance, you'll you'll see a huge difference. You'll go and you'll you'll listen to a Rush Limbaugh, and you'll you'll get tiny little pieces of information that will never help you in life and never help you with understanding what's happening in the political atmosphere. Then you turn on Randy Rhodes, you get more, but you get a certain perspective just from the liberal side of things and socialism side of things. And then you turn on Alex Jones, and you get a, a fuller spectrum, or Jack Blood, and you get a a much fuller spectrum. The more information that's uh, that that's coming in per minute, I guess you should say, is, is the way that you should judge how good a radio show yeah, is. Yeah, and just, and just well, a I different mean, attitude as well. Cool. You can see where my depression and, you know, when I call up here and I sound disheartened and downtrodden, you know where it comes from. Because when I go into debates in school, even if it's on the side at the smoking area, you know, talk amongst friends, and you get into a lively debate about what's going on in the world, and you got this one idiot in the background firing off comments about Rush Limbaugh said this and Sean Hannity said that, you just, like, want to slap him. It's like, what the, who are you getting your yeah. information from and why are you even in this class? Yeah, no, Jeffrey, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And on top of that, like I was saying before, and you basically echoed it even even better, I think in a lot of ways it's, you know, who do you blame? It's almost like the chicken and the egg thing. It's, you know, we have this man on the radio for, what, 20 years now, you know, and, and you could discuss whether it started this way or where it's gone from there. But, yeah, you know, he's saying these things. But you know what? We, the people, unfortunately, are sponsoring him. We're the ones buying into his uh, his rhetoric. And more importantly, we're the ones, you know, supporting the sponsors on the show. And that's why he's number one. So, Jeffrey, thanks for the call. We got it. We're going to come up against a break soon. But just to close, you know, for me, Ben, just out of my opinion, it's it's we are responsible. We're the ones at fault because people listen to this man. Absolutely. And it's just the same nonsense day in day out. I've listened to a show enough. It's Democrats are bad. Republicans are good. I'm a fat bleep 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 and i smoke cigars this whole thing and it's just the same party all day long and uh you know it's not enough that we know the difference it's not enough that we can you know decipher the, the bs that goes on on the mainstream media news networks it's got to be the other people people have to open their eyes but it is a cult and jeffrey you accurately described it that way so folks when we get back jack blow will join us animalfarmshow.com is the website much more to come stay with us folks we shall return anyone that would like to participate in this program remain here the rest of you get the f- out of here Farmshow.com. My mic is acting strange, Ben, so if it cuts out, it'll be all you. But we just finished up with this whole Rush Limbaugh thing, and obviously we don't want to spend too much time. It's just a waste uh, to, to really be talking about this guy. Pretty much everybody listening uh, knows what the story is. And, you know, look, like we said before, you expect this. You expect this type of behavior. You expect to hear this type of uh, political talk, for lack of a better word. 
out of these people. But it, unfortunately, it's the people that support the show. And, and really, like Jeffrey in Kentucky was saying, it is a cult following. And it, you know, people follow this show like they follow the New York Giants or, you know, the, Those evildoers. the Houston Texans or whatever, any other uh, baseball team. Or, yeah, take over. yeah. yeah my, my mic is not working here. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. <laughs> uh, you get the idea. Yeah, you get the idea. Uh, you yeah. want to introduce uh, Jack Blood here? I think it's time, yeah. All right, Pyeth, we made a special introduction for Jack Blood, ladies and gentlemen. Pyeth, go ahead. Why don't you go ahead? Women want him. Men want to be him. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Blood. Blood is an activist, investigative journalist, musician, radio host, anti-New World Order, freedom fighter extraordinaire. Many know him as Jack Blood, the radio gun for his radio program, Deadline Live, on the GCN radio network. Yes. And he joins us here today on the Animal Farm. Jack, how are you? I am not an animal. <laughs> look out, look out. Uh, Do you like that introduction? Yeah, that was too sexy. Thank you very much. I'm going to have to steal that. <laughs> We're not worthy yet. It's always great to have you on the program, Jack. Obviously, uh, my personal hero, I don't know, I'm sure I could speak for all you guys, but I'll just speak for myself. But obviously, your show is is fantastic, and we really love it. And it's been a huge influence, obviously, just to put that out in the open. It's nothing new. We said that last time. But we did want to give you that, you know, really warm intro because we couldn't put something together last time, and we kind of feel. No, I got my my props. My skirt is up around my head right now, and uh, I greatly appreciate it. There's no air conditioning here in my studio today, so it's very, very helpful. No, you know what? You guys have. I think maybe the second best show in radio. So there you go. Nice. Yeah, second second to Deadline Live, of course. Uh, Jack, I wanted to pick your brain here um, because you know a lot of what's going on here with the whole Russia-Georgia thing. Can we start from the beginning? I have no clue what is happening with this thing. We haven't talked about it on the show. Can you start from the beginning? What happened? Why are these two people fighting? Russia, the aggressor, has attacked a sovereign entity in a sovereign country, and uh, the poor United States is caught in the middle. <laughs> I heard this came from Washington, though. Is that, is, is, is that how it happened? Well, it's basically whatever all of the media and both of these so-called candidates are saying, it's the opposite. So since they're all saying that Russia is the aggressor and that Russia took the first shot and Russia are the evildoers, uh, most likely it's the opposite of that. And that's exactly what we found out. There are certainly any number of sources that will confirm that Georgia is a soros Brzezinski intelligence satellite for the United States of America. You can have the argument that we need a jumping off point to protect ourselves from the evil Ruskies. And of course, this is a lot largely about oil and oil pipelines and property and uh, the grand chessboard, multiple wars, multiple theaters that PNAC was talking about. But all of this could have been predicted. In fact, I have a clip here. Maybe we can get to it. Ron Paul actually predicted this several months ago on a big TV show uh, we have seen this coming for a long time as well. So the second it happened, I thought one word, Z-Big, and two words, Z-Big Brzezinski. Uh, it, it just has his theme, his grand chessboard theme all over it. So we're watching very closely because this looks like it's already going to be escalating to the Ukraine and other surrounding Eurasia countries. Uh, this could get really out of hand, boys. Yeah, how does this, uh, what does this have to do with Iran? I know they were ramping up to go to war with Iran. I personally, in my opinion, thought that they weren't. I felt that they didn't have enough uh, political capital. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I was wrong. But how, what does this have to do with Iran? 
I think you were right, my friend. Uh, does it have anything to do with Iran? Only that Iran is caught in the middle of the two superpowers, Russia and the United States of America. The people... Okay, the people in Iran love the United States, and they have for many, many years. Uh, they're part of the MTV culture, so to speak, which uh, maybe doesn't say a lot for them. Uh, but they are definitely pro-Western. The mullahs and the president Ahmadinejad are pro-Russian. So you have uh, you have quite a standoff there. Of course, is the Israelis are they have their little fingers in the pie up in Georgia. No pun intended. Uh, that's where you play "Sweet Georgia" on my mind, uh, uh, Mr. <laughs> sound Effects Man. So, <laughs> got it ready. Uh, there you go. At your Georgia. request. <laughs> it's the Ray Charles version. Oh boy. I can do the Louis Armstrong version. And we gotta get the Louis Armstrong version. All right, there you go. Well, Jack, I mean, you know, for me, I pretty much similar to Ben's thoughts. I mean, the, the problem with this type of uh, incident or this whole story is that I can't even listen to the mainstream media. I try to, you know, get an idea because this is hard to, for me to find out what's going on because of the outlet. So you try to go to alternative news and you find out a little bit. But this conflict, you know, if you rely on the mainstream news, forget it. You know, they're just going to craft their little uh, little doll out of Play-Doh for you, uh, you know, to, to make you believe whatever they want. That's obvious. But, uh, you know, the question I would have, and since, since you have such a you know, decent knowledge of this uh you know where is this going to go what you know where is this going to end and on top of that we talk about ron paul predicting this and he just predicted that war with iran is inevitable and then just came out on alex jones uh show and says uh, the uh, attack on iran has the green light i mean i trust what ron paul says maybe i'm naive but the guy's almost always right and i don't think he's being uh you know funded by anybody so the first question jack is you know what happens with this georgia conflict yeah Where, well, I mean, he's a congressman. You'd think uh, he would know more than, than I would, but I disagree with him. I mean, there is a green light, so to speak, but it's not going to happen. I just don't think it's part of the plans and certainly not something that Brzezinski wants to see happen. He would rather get in there politically, diplomatically, I guess would be the term, although I don't think anything Brzezinski does is diplomatic. But yeah. he would rather get in there and drive a wedge between Russia and other allies and use them kind of as another satellite without a war. Now, if there's a war and we attack or we sanction an Israeli bombing or an attack, and they can't bomb like they did the the nuclear reactor in Iraq. There's not one big reactor sticking up like a wart out of the ground. I mean, these are underground, dis un uh, dis undisclosed bunkers, uh, very, very difficult to bomb. So none of this is going to be easy, and that's why I've been predicting for years that they wouldn't be able to do this. And, and of course, uh, I guess I was proven right. Uh, now, somebody might have information I don't, but I've seen a lot of intelligence. We've even talked to people off the record who are involved over there, and it just doesn't seem very likely to happen. It seems to be kind of more like a club to potentially beat Russia over the head with. Now, while we're picking fights with Russia and China, I guess is anybody's guess. I mean, I can certainly speculate on that, and that's more of the Brzezinski plan, but it has to do something with a 100-year global hegemony. Uh, United States hegemony, which uh, Brzezinski seems to think he can pull off. You remember the last, remember time, the last time he was doing this? The last time uh, he went in and he created a little group called Al-Qaeda. Uh, yeah. And we know what happened after that. So we lost yeah. all of our liberties and the boogeyman was constantly coming and there was a bush behind every, I mean, a terrorist behind every bush. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, this is something that he's wrote, written extensively about in his, in his book, the, uh, the Grand Chessboard uh, about American supremacy. And how he wants America to be behind the the, the new world order, and um, you know how how he wants to go about trying to take down Russia and China, because he does ultimately believe that it is going to be between the United States and China. 
Yeah, we have been, uh, there has been an effective economic warfare going on. Uh, I'm not sure if you ever read Economic Hitmen by uh, Stephen Perkins, I guess it is, or yes. am I thinking of yep. the drummer for Jane's Addiction? Uh, nope. It's one of those. <laughs> Stephen Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, he, uh, you know, this has been talked about, and it's in play. And part of the reason we're seeing economic doom reach our shores here in the United States of America is the global economic war going on, the New World Order global economic war. And a lot of that has to do with China and then, again, Russia and some other countries as well. So we're being really kind of used as hostage here in the United States of America. And what happens domestically, most of the people really don't care about, especially now, until maybe uh, Barry Obama rides to the rescue in the all they have to do is turn a few dials and push a few buttons and, you know, people will get uh, lettuce on their cheese sandwiches and be all the more happier. Yeah, absolutely. And when we get back from uh, from the break here, we're coming up on a break in a, in a minute. But I do want to get your takes on the on the two candidates. I know you had uh, Jerome Corsi on your show today. Um, so I do want to I do want to get your takes on that. Um I have this clip, too, we'll play on the other side of this break. Uh, Ron Paul predicting the Georgia conflict back in 2002. He mentions it by name. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. I'll play that. It's about a minute clip if you guys want. Yeah, absolutely. And what show was he on? Uh, I believe he was on Bill Moyers on the, uh, the Rockefeller Trust uh, PBS station. Okay. Sorry, Jack. We're, ha- we're having some technical problems here. Um I think, I think we're back. Okay. Just, we just some, back. I knew something was going to be weird today because we had some wire issues before. I think we're okay now. Jeez. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I got to love right, live radio. Just one of those days. Well, we, we survived the lightning attack uh, two shows ago, so now we're going through yeah. computer issues, but hopefully all is well. <laughs> obviously coming up against the break, so much more to come. Obviously, we have uh, much more geopolitical talk, and I also want to get into some police state, Jack. A lot of police state news here at home, especially here at home, meaning New York with this Operation Sentinel. So I really want to get your thoughts on that. And, of course, your phone calls when we get back, folks. Animalfarmshow.com. Stay tuned. Much more. And Jack Blood, the man, the mission. Take care. Stick around. Hang out with us. Here listening to the Animal Farm, we are speaking with Jack Blood. Jack, before we uh, before we went on break here and we were having technical issues, and I apologize for everybody. Uh, I think we're all set that. now. I hope to God we're all set now. I think we are all set. But you said that you had a clip of Ron Paul talking about this conflict uh, a while ago, and he basically predicted it. Yeah, this was, I believe, on the Bill Moyers show on the Rockefeller-funded PBS, uh, the the Freeman Carnegie Rockefeller-funded PBS station. It's about a minute clip. Do you guys want to hear it? Because here it is. Yeah, sure. This is amazing. This is Ron Paul predicting the Georgia conflict, which, which, you know, was the writing was on the wall. But talking about how foreign intervention and foreign entanglements could lead to something like this back in 2002. Here he is. Congressman, what do you think about the president's new policy of preemptive first strikes? I think that is serious. In the committee today, as we were marking up this bill, those who were pushing the resolution worked real hard to say, 
This has nothing to do with preemptive strikes. And I made a statement, I think I said, this is what it's all about, is to establish and institutionalize the preemptive strikes. Although we have done that off and on in minor degrees over the years, this one is much more open and much more declared and a much bigger issue. And that's what this is all about, a preemptive strike. I think that is so dangerous, not, as, not only to us as a people and to our rule of law and our Constitution, but I believe that will come back to haunt us because it, it has already started because the Russians now say, aha, uh, what you're doing is nothing compared to what we want to do. We want to go into Georgia and because you say there's terrorists uh, and, and the Iraqis are possible terrorists. That's why we want to go into Georgia and we want you to approve it. And that's why they're looking to maybe give in a little bit to us if we ignore what they do in Georgia. So there's Ron Paul. And, of course, we gave them a pretext by attacking uh, the separatist group of South Ossetia. So there's the pretext. But that was Ron Paul talking before the the Iraq war about the dangers of the Iraq war and why we wouldn't want to do this. Of course, this gives an excuse to Russia and anybody else who wants to go preemptively invade a country with a bunch of terrorists. Uh, really bad policy. And Ron Paul saw that back in 2002. And uh, my compliments to him. Absolutely. I've been reading his. Either uh, you are with us <laughs> or you are with the terrorists. Yeah, I've been I've been reading his book, uh, the, the Manifesto, and it's just absolutely incredible. He um, so many points just like that, that he makes up. a. It's such a philosophical book um, in terms of politics. And he really has the mind of um, literally somebody that created the, the Constitution because he understands the general notions of man and what happens. Um, and, and, and the, the, the philosophical problems with, uh, you know, the sort of uh, social environment that we put ourselves in where, um, where, where we sort of um, think that we can write a blank check, uh, an income tax check, and then sort of that's our moral obligation and our moral uh, support to the world or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we can't know? lecture China on torturing people and torturing and uh, outing political dissidents when we do the same thing here. We can't lecture Russia or anybody else on their foreign excursions and meddlings when we do the same thing and that's the problem and that's what we've been saying all these years we can't have that moral high ground that ronald reagan used to always talk about which was largely an illusion but we you know have to keep that otherwise we can't you know we can't be a good example for the rest of the world and that's one of the main reasons i was against these wars in the first place the preemptive attacks not to mention the fact that there wasn't any real terrorists there so to speak that were going to come get us uh, the mushroom cloud wasn't coming in 40 minutes and and as Condoleezza Rice was saying, and we, we found that all out. Of course, I, a little reporter in Providence, Rhode Island, before the war, talking to people like Scott Ritter, knew that they weren't even going to find weapons of mass destruction. And so when I interviewed Tim Russer two years ago and I said, hey, how did I know that? And you're the big news guy with all the connections and you didn't. You don't really have much of an excuse, do you, Tim or, or Colin Powell or any of the rest of them? Yeah, well, Jack, the other thing, too, is I think shows like yours, obviously, Alex Jones, any any real big Patriot shows over the years have not only have they exposed the obvious hypocrisy of the media, but they, you know, they've also exposed how just the media itself, you know, j just puts out these lies and they get caught and they don't, you know, they don't apologize. And anytime something happens, no one's really held accountable. And, you know, you look at uh, what, a day ago, two days ago, where McCain comes out and says nations in the 21st century don't bomb other, don't attack other nations or don't invade other nations. And of course, we're doing that right now. And then on top of that, I see for me, Jack, one of my philosophies is that all this, all this talk, all of what we're talking about. And the reason why it's, it's allowed to happen is because the people themselves are not aware for the most part. We know that people are waking up. 
up at a rapid pace, blah, blah, blah. We know that. But uh, I want to play this clip out of Fox News, and I think it really kind of illustrates how the mainstream media is even more so keeping that fear rolling, keeping that ball rolling, if you will, and just trying to keep people under wraps of, well, it could still happen at any moment. America under attack. Images we will never forget. But seven years later, the events of September 11th, 2001, no longer dominate our thinking. It's not something that's in the forefront of my mind when I travel. It ran across my mind, what would I do if something like that happened again? So, about the while, it kind of calmed down. So, things okay. The country's second Homeland Security Secretary, Michael Chertoff, says that's a good thing to a point. I'm pleased that people aren't preoccupied with it. I would be concerned when I, and I am concerned when I read people somehow suggest that the whole issue is overblown or that somehow the absence of an attack means it's disappeared. Chertoff says fighting complacency is crucial, but with increased security everywhere from airports and malls to sporting events, he believes the post 9-11 mindset has become second nature. It's a little bit like living with a, a kind of a chronic condition, and we recognize that I mean, just listen to what he's saying. We've, we've heard Chertoff talk about complacency and how it's, disgusting how it's a huge being. problem, but just listen to how Fox News is portraying this piece. Things you need to do to manage the condition. You need to manage uh, your daily activities in a way to deal with that condition. So, too, on a national level, we need to manage our vulnerabilities. Professor Richard John teaches in USC's new anti-terrorism program and says it's increasingly difficult to impress on students that... A Here's another window. Listen to this guy. Another attack could come at any time. This is the same pattern that you see with natural disasters, with uh, earthquakes here in this part of the country, uh, hurricanes, uh, any sort of event like that, the longer out uh, the fewer news stories are done, the fewer they hear about it, uh, out of sight, out of mind, basically. Some claim Republicans have played up the terrorist threat for political purposes, but those charged with keeping us safe insist vigilance is our best weapon against another attack, and it can only be maintained by constantly reminding people that we are a nation at war. Yeah, and on and what, what I find like, yeah, that's right. And what I find ironic about this is that how, I mean, we've obviously, like I said, we've heard Chertoff talk about the he's mentioned the word complacency. He's and he's talked about how we cannot become complacent. Right, Chertoff, we cannot afford to become complacent. And I think it's ironic that we, as a patriot radio show, are also talking about the dangers of complacency. But for a different reason, we're saying, hey, how could you sit there and, you know, and live your life and not even try to understand what's going on around you and just believe everything that's force fed down your throat? So I think there's there's a little bit of uh, irony there. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to make the transition here, Jack. Into well, who are you going to believe if you're an American comrade Chertoff or uh, your old friend Jack Blood? I mean, uh, unfortunately, the people just don't want to hear any of it. And uh, burying your head in the sand is almost the exact equivalent to fear mongering, which is what Chertoff is doing there. Yeah, and it's, yes. it's it's open at this point. Once again, folks, 512-646-1984, Animal Farm Show is what you're listening to. We do have the the great Jack Blood with us tonight. We're very honored to have him on. We want to, want to make the most of it. And if you want to call in, uh, definitely give us a ring. Hey, and guys, and I have a huge announcement for your listeners in Austin, Texas, which we'll put out before the end of the show. Uh, that is something that I have not even announced on my own show, so people can stay tuned for that if they live in Austin. Sure. Ah, an Animal Farm exclusive. Yeah, J listen, Jack, it's, uh, our, our airwaves are yours, so if you want to just let it rip, fine. If not, we'll wait. We'll keep the suspense building like we always do. Uh, but, you know, but nevertheless here, folks, we want to get to this police state thing, and, and obviously we talk about the geopolitics, but... Uh, 
I mean, look, I've been keeping pretty good track of the police state news over the last three, four years, ever since I discovered your your show and Alex Jones' show. And it seems like uh, the more I'm paying attention now, I mean, we really are talking about police state America when we're talking about Operation Sentinel, like most of you have heard. I mean, basically, New York now is going to implement this system or they're trying to implement the system where they're just going to start taking pictures of everybody's license plate coming in and out of Manhattan for whatever reason. Storing, um, them, storing them in the database. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and, and, and then they say that if, you know, if after six months you're not convicted of a crime, they'll erase it. But let's let's be honest, folks. We've all, you know, we've watched V for Vendetta at the very least. We know that this database is being built, Jack. And without playing clips, I really want to get your thoughts on it because we could play clips all night, but you obviously have a good understanding. Uh, what are your thoughts specifically on Operation Sentinel in New York City, basically mimicking what's going on in the U.K., but on top of that, you know, overall, we're talking about martial law in certain cities. We're talking about curfews in certain cities. Uh, where do you think this is going? Well, first of all, uh, they are doing it here, and they're setting it up here in Austin, Texas. Uh, they are setting up the similar grid in Chicago, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Uh, but obviously, New York will be one of the bigger test patterns. Uh, thank you, Michael Bloomberg. Uh, isn't the Sentinel, wasn't that the killer attack drones in the Matrix, if <laughs> I'm not? Matrix, I, yes. That's exactly what I, I was like. You know, of all friggin' words to use, well, I know that. I know they the always word, do that. They always they, do that. They use, you know, their yeah. snake teams and their, what was they had Viper teams that were going Viper on the, teams. Uh, that were going on the subways and checking people's bags and making sure that they were innocent. I mean, just absolute insanity. But, with you know, with- and here's the myth, right, that if you're just a law-abiding citizen, nothing bad will ever happen to you. But we have reported story after story over the years where somebody in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, got a bag put over their head and sent on a rendition flight. And, oops, sorry, you're the wrong person. We reported a story today in Arkansas, basically martial law, 24-hour curfews in the crime-ridden cities. It's for the children. Of course. Yeah. So this is not something exclusive to New York or to London or to Germany or to Chicago. Uh, It is happening all over. We got a break. I'm sorry, Jay. Hang on, folks. Animalfarms.com. We shall return. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be. We have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening <laughs> to the Animal Farm. That's on interesting. The we the People Radio Network. Interesting stuff. Animal sounds and the Animal Farm. Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. We're talking to Jack Blood, Radio Gun of Deadline Live on the GCN Radio Network. Um, before we were so rudely interrupted by the break, Jack, <laughs> you were talking about the police state uh, stuff. What's going on in Georgia? And and we cut you off, unfortunately. You want to finish up what you were saying? Police state? What police state? <laughs> Go to sleep. Just tinfoil hat. I had a soma during that last break. Uh, I believe that, that, that this is just all for our protection and that the New World Order loves us and that there really is no police state. That's just more fear-mongering. 
I agree, Jack. The years passed, and mankind became stupider at a frightening rate. I actually caught the end of Idiocracy uh, two nights ago, and, and folks, if you haven't seen it, please, uh, you know, spend the two hours, whatever it is. It, it is, you know, kind of a cheesy movie, but it does. That movie some, is great, actually. It's a great film. It really, it really is, and it really just kind of shows... Uh, you know, with exaggeration, obviously, where we're going, where we're headed, where, even where we are. But I do want to get to the phone check. Well, hold on. I'll tell you something funny. I rode on okay. a very small puddle jumper from South Dakota to Denver, the evil Denver airport, with uh, well, who's the star of, of Idiocracy? What's that kid's name? Luke, Luke Wilson. It was me, yes. Luke Wilson, and Michael Badnerick all in a small plane. And let me tell you, I was holding on pretty close there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that could be a movie right there, but uh, that's interesting. Let's go to the phones. Loaded lines here. We'll start off with Brave New Books is calling the Animal Farm. What's up, Brave New Books? Go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Jack. Yo. How's it going? I just wanted to uh, – you guys were talking about uh, the different uh, candidates earlier. I wanted to throw this out there because I've no, I haven't heard anybody talk about it. And so I, w I figure why not call the Animal Farm? They'll talk about it. But there's a, Go ahead. if you didn't know, John McCain's has has a, this former CIA director at, advising him on the environment, and they're calling him Greenocons. It's uh, James Woolsey is now going to dictate environmental policy to us. That's it. I'm not voting for McCain. He just lost my vote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, up until that point, and meanwhile, just just to let you guys know, we've covered every single. I mean, McCain has had now a series of advisors that have mm. gone just completely south. We had Parsley. We had Hagee. We had the guy about saying 9/11 would would help John McCain's chances in the election. I mean, one after another, and then we had the guy who directly derived uh, financial profit off the Iraq War. So it's one man after another with John McCain, as far as advisors go, who just hurt his image more than it already can be hurt. So. Let me, let me comment on that, too, Harlan. Uh, that, that's exactly right. And Woolsey says predicting that we're entering World War V now. We already had World War III and World War IV with the Cold War and the War on Terrorism. Now we're in World... This guy loves World War so much, he's like three World Wars ahead of the rest of the world. <laughs> he's so anxious. And the fact that McCain wow. is the Republican nominee who is as green as Al Gore is, is shocking, I guess. And so you really see how they set this up. And, and that's going to be the new global enemy. The, new, you know, the people that are out there flushing their toys Toilets too many times or mowing their lawn, you know, once a week. They're the ones that are destroying the planet and they must be stopped. It's right, no longer the neocons, it's now the greenocons. I think we're now fighting the transformers. Neolibs and neocons are the same thing, just as paleolibs and paleocons are very close to being the same thing. So you've got to be just as scared of the progressives, as they call themselves now, or the neoliberals as you did the neocons. In fact, I think the, the uh, Malthusian neoliberals are maybe even more dangerous than the neocons who used to be liberals and hippies and beatniks. It just never ends. and <laughs> It's unbelievable. Good, good commenting there. Brave New Books, thank you for calling in. Yes, BraveNewBookStore.com. Yes, yeah, definitely I actually have that open on my desktop right now, which is a hilarious. It is a great, yeah. Well, I that's, that's like Bin Laden. I, I suggest all folks go check it out. We're going to move through the phones as fast as we can here, folks. So keeping the ball rolling, Zane in Tennessee. You're on the Animal Farm. What's up, Zane? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. All right, Zane, we're doing yeah. well. Thanks for calling in. What do you got for Jack Ludd? Well, I've called in this show before. I'm a soldier. I'm in the special operations community, and uh, I see a lot of people at the gym starting to ask questions now, but they're still not going where they need to go. I try to help them out. I just don't know. I've, I, as compartmentalized as I was, as brainwashed as I was, I don't know what is. I mean, I just can't believe anyone can buy into this stuff anymore. Well, Zane, we want to give you a little applause because we do this for all soldiers calling. I know it's not much, but yeah. All right, so 
we like to do the little bit that we can do Zane, just to show appreciation. I know it's it's kind of cheesy, but uh, Jack, your response. Go ahead. Well, Zane's a great caller, as always. He's been a great contributor to our show when he calls in. And I want to give a shout-out to WBCR and uh, all of our great listeners in Tennessee. Um, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is people are waking up. And we see this. You know, I'm doing, and I'll promote this. Uh, this isn't the big announcement, but I'm doing a festival for 20,000 people in Los Angeles with Rage Against the Machine and Primus and Fishbone and Suicidal Tendencies and a lot of great underground rock and rap bands. And, you know, this is really opening up. I also talk to a lot of my friends who are involved in the arts and the culture who move millions of records, and they're writing anti-New World Order records. So people are waking up. You know, the political revolution is only just the foundation for the cultural revolution, if you don't mind me using that term. So a lot of people are going to get it, but they're bandwagon jumpers. So they're going to wait till it's okay. They're going to wait till, you know, uh, it's sanctioned and their neighbors are doing it or all their friends are doing it and it's cool, you know, like uh, wearing your pants down below your ass. And, and you know, they're just followers. <laughs> they're going to do that. They're Americans, and, but we need yeah. them. So what you do is you plant seeds, you water <laughs> seeds, you move along, you go to the next person, you know, you try to hit them where they live on issues that are, are really meaningful to them. I know uh, my father-in-law was really interested in eminent domain and these types of things, and so we were able to kind of convert him in the beginning by starting him off with gun control or eminent domain or different things. So you just kind of got to really listen to people. Use the Socratean method when you're talking to people about the truth and about the truth movement and freedom, you know, and not just pile a bunch of stuff on them because you're so smart. That's a big turnoff. But the good news is lots of people are waking up, and I think we're about to, in the next couple of months, going to see a huge wave of people and this is going to be the cool thing to do is to be anti-establishment and revolutionary for the right reasons and not the Barry Obama reasons. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree uh, completely. You know, I think that's one of the biggest parts about this is it's not necessarily going to be an overnight type of thing, but it is going to be uh, similar to a cultural revolution, like you were saying. But we need to, in my opinion, we need to make this normal to talk about. We need to make false flag uh, oper- terror operations a normal household uh, function where we can talk about that. And, and not be uncomfortable and not be called a conspiracy theorist because we obviously all know. And there's, a, and there's a reason why we haven't seen a false flag terror event in the United States since 2001, technically. It's not because Bush is doing such a great job and chair top and the borders are wide open, the ports are open. I mean, anybody can go hit a soft target. It is because people won't fall for it, which really shows you that this is engineered from the top down. It's funded and engineered, tracked and traced drilled from the top down and they know they can't get away with it and there is something to bringing in the guy on the white horse the black guy on the white horse that can effectively (laughs) get people's confidence back so that a false flag operation might actually work again but and that's why we've been talking about a bio terror event these other things that could be a little more sneaky but man you look at even some of the 9-11 trials and the jury throws these out they don't believe the media they don't believe the government's lies anymore or, or bs about you know what one guy did as a terrorist when it was an FBI sting operation like the 93 World Trade Center operation. People are not believing it anymore. So to get to get a party realignment, which is exactly what this election is all about, to realign the party more to the left, to the green, I guess, and to get people's confidence, and remember that term, it's a confidence scheme, back into the government so that they can begin to pull and push these levers again is probably the plan all along. Yeah. 
So, I mean, if you're, you know, obviously you're talking about a Barack Obama, and you did have, um, um, goodness, now his, now his name escapes me now. You had Jerome Corsi on your show today who wrote a New York Times bestseller on the uh, on Barack Obama, and, and apparently they're flying off the shelves. But what did he have to say about uh, Barack Obama, and, and did you agree with him? And thank you very much for the call, Zane. Oh, yeah, Zane, thanks again for the call. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought, first of all, Corsi did a great job on Larry King last night. They put him up with somebody from one of the phony organizations called Media Matters, who we used to interview years ago before they put us on their shite list. And the guy, the only argument he had against the Obamination book, which is at BraveNewBookstore.com, is is that uh, Jerry Corsi somehow knows anti-Semitic people. I mean, that was his weak argument. The fact is, uh, Corsi's book is really good because it it gets to the people that still believe in the establishment, and it's written just for those people. If you want to really delve into it, you got to read the Webster Tarpley books. Obama, the Postmodern Coup is a good one, uh, who even Corsi himself recommended on the program when I had both those guys on together. Uh, but it's a good book. It fills a void. Uh, people talk about how he wrote that Swift Boat book. Well, I interviewed John O'Neill and uh, Jerry Corsi years ago for that book, and I happen to believe what they wrote in that book. And I thought that Kerry did pad his military resume, and a lot of it was fake, just like George Herbert Walker Bush. He was a war hero and got decorated for jumping out of a plane and left all of his uh, comrades to, to crash and burn and die. He got, he got a medal. For that, so I mean, Corsi has, a, of course, a long history of doing good work. He exposed the Trans-Texas Corridor. He's exposed the North American Union, the real ID cards. Uh, so you know, I, I like the book. Now, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd recommend it as much for people who are as far along as maybe your audience, but it is really perfect and should be supported to your moms and your dads and your neighbors who are maybe a little more conservative and and don't want to get as deep down the rabbit hole as maybe Webster Tarpley can. And uh, that book, by the way, Jerry Corsi's book. Look, number one on all the lists. So obviously there is some Obama fatigue out there, and people want to read about this stuff. Yeah, I think there's good reason for it too, Jack. I mean, I, I have a hundred million thoughts now in my head after what you just said. First off, is that Obama is not convincing people anymore. I don't think he's carrying right. this, you know, this torch like he did so well through the campaign. Now he's, yeah. and I hate to use the, I hate to use the flip flopping term, but now he's really turning his mind the opposite way when it comes to the war. Before we go, go on, Pike, you have an excerpt from the book. Go ahead, play that. He pimps white women and black women. Okay. Obama right. is a long leg <laughs> Well, Jerome Corsi, I guess, says it best there. I don't know what to tell you. No, it's obviously not. That's not an excerpt from the book. We're just kidding. No, uh, but I, I think it's great. I, I really do. Uh, first of all, I like Jerome Corsi's writing. I think he's a great uh, writer in general. And I, I do want to get a chance to read this book. But it's, what's ironic to me, Jack, and what really gets me mad, and Richard, hang on, we'll get to your phone. But what really just eeks me is every time someone speaks out about almost anything now today anti-semitism is the automatic response and what's crazy is that you know obviously barack obama being black you figure that they would say oh he's obviously racist no they go with this anti-semite you know just i can't even Bullshit. yeah thank you Pyeth. uh I, I really it really gets me mad jack because every time now you talk out against the government some people because they're so poisoned by the mainstream media specifically fox news and even cnn in some cases now you're against jews somehow or you know you don't you don't appreciate israel and it's just completely out of whack your thoughts yeah, I mean, let's let's move along. And that's part, part of the reason why Obama was the perfect choice for a candidate, because you can shield him behind uh, accusations of racism. Look what they did to the Clintons. Not that, you know, I'm any friend of theirs uh, by any means. Uh, 
In fact, if you want, we could talk about this murder in Arkansas, which has a lot of very weird implications into it, where the Democratic Party leader was shot dead by a lone nut gunman who was later killed by police. He's dead men tell no tales. Uh, yeah. But that certainly is the plan. But they're kind of stuck in that old rhythm, aren't they? Where if you talk about 9-11 truth, you talk about the North American Union, you talk about uh, internal biometric passports and ID cards, they just call you a Jew hater, and instantly nobody will listen to you. But now they've got to recalibrate that to being a, a race baiter or a race hater when these are the people, the Obamas and the others, that are the race baiters and the race haters and the racists. Yeah, and Jack, on top of that, I mean, I don't want to use my personal experience for, you know, fact or whatever, but I've even had people, and I have a lot of people who are big Fo yeah, fans of Fox News, this whole thing. I've even had someone come to me when Ron Paul really started getting some, gaining some ground and really got into the race and started to become somewhat of a name. I, you know, I turned my friend onto it, who's a very big, you know, Republican, neocon, this whole thing. And he came back and he was bashing Ron Paul for being anti-Semitic. And, and I know, I mean, obviously to us as, as people who understand Ron Paul's uh, philosophy, this whole thing, we know it's ridiculous, but it just shows and it proves to me how effective the mainstream media has been in really conditioning, really indoctrinating people to think somehow that if you don't like uh, the government or if you don't uh, believe the government's story on 11, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that somehow this all trickles down to anti-Semitism. But I do want to go to Richard in Texas. Uh, Richard, you're on the Animal Farm. What's up? Hey, guys. Great show. Um, just Thank wanted you. to make Thank a you. couple of comments. I uh, would like to refer uh, listeners to something I saw on rumormillnews.com uh, this afternoon, and it may be posted very widely, but it was a video of the Georgian police responding to protesters in Georgia, so effectively uh, on their own citizens. And these guys were dressed in something worse than Darth Vader outfits, including gas masks and the whole bit. And uh, they were beating the hell out of these guys, and they were using a new level of weapons, uh, I think. Uh, but one was a, uh, a disorienting sound cannon, and the other was uh, some uh, apparently very vicious steam grenades that they were throwing into the crowd, in addition to the usual rubber bullets and water cannons and that kind of thing. And, you know, this whole thing seems to be a testing ground for a lot of stuff. And, you know, who knows who was underneath those masks over there, whether they were uh, all Georgian police or whether they were American mercenaries or Israeli uh, people or, or God knows. But uh, it was pretty vicious stuff and, and probably a harbinger for things we may see in Denver or, or you know, elsewhere over here. And uh, yeah, hang on. Unfortunately, Richard, I think your phone's cutting in and out there, a little popping. Sorry we had to cut you off. Jack, do you want to respond? we got 50 seconds. Yeah, well, that's right. They are going to be using it, maybe at the conventions or maybe something worse. We're hearing a lot of chatter about something big to happen here in the United States. Halliburton trailers are folding down. Troops are coming back. They're not even talking about it in the media, coming back to the United States. FEMA, SWAT, everybody getting vaccinated and ready for something. Uh, we wrote a story about this called Disaster Chatter, which you can get at our website, DeadlineLive.info. Yeah, much more to come, folks, with Jack Blood. I also want to talk about more about not necessarily just Operation Sentinel, but now, we're, you know, they're talking about protecting Ground Zero as if there's going to be another attack there. So I don't know what kind of curveballs are being thrown, but we'll talk about it more on the other side, folks. AnimalFarmShow.com. More to come with Jack Blood on the other side. Stay tuned. Today, we become the enemy.
Well, we hear so much about this Operation Sentinel, and like Jack Blood, who's currently our guest right now, uh, has pointed out just strange wording. If they always use these words from these, you know, these fictional uh, movies. Um, but what's even stranger to me, and I've I've tried to follow this up. Obviously, we're very close to the New York City area. I've tried to follow up, and I'm just trying to keep it posted as much as possible. Because not only are they going to start taking pictures of everybody's license plates in and out, it's really going to be an ultimate police state city, if you will. But on top of that, there's there's this idea that Ground Zero uh, is really one of the points that they're trying to protect. They even say here in the article out of Fox News, Ground Zero security plan calls for all vehicles entering New York City to be photographed. I mean, maybe I'm just completely naive and no. stupid here. But, I mean, of all places, that is probably the least at risk for an attack. It ground zero. I mean, there's nothing there. It's just the, the two holes from the towers and everything else that they're still rebuilding. But uh, to my I knowledge, a complaint. that's right. Me, too. But there's nothing else there. So I, I don't know what they're trying to do here, but it really is the next step. Uh, kind of. <laughs> is that you? Who no, was that? Who was that? <laughs> Maybe it's Jack. That was Jack. <laughs> was that Jack? Oh, my goodness. Uh, Either way, it, it is this mimicking of the U.K. police state. So, Jack, uh, we'll, we have another caller, but first I want to get your thoughts on this whole police state with New York City. Just final thoughts. Anything you have to say about it? Well, I think well, what's important to say is that, you know, we beat that thing where they were trying to stop people from filming on the street in New York City. So all of this can be repealed. All of this can be set back. We can put stumbling blocks in front of them. We have to remember that they're greedy. They have all this hubris. They always think they can do these things to us. As soon as there's any kind of modicum of resistance, they recoil in horror and, and go reset their watches. Yeah, well, we also had Jimmy Justice on last show on Tuesday, and I one of the things I really wanted to bring I up... I am Jimmy Justice! That's right. I brought it up to him, Jack, and I said, look, you know, we love what you're doing, and we think it's great. I was just worried that they were going to try to use some of these bogus laws where you can't photograph, you can't use video cameras, all this stuff. We heard about this, you know, what, less than a year ago. Um, I was just worried that they were going to arrest him or try to attempt uh, to arrest him on that type of thing. But uh, hopefully, you know, in the end, hopefully we'll just get... There's uh, a new okay. Building 7. I mean, it could, could collapse like, uh, you know, <laughs> Las Vegas Casino right into its footprint before the world. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will get right in the line. That's the second Building 7 I haven't heard that uh, was imploded. It's unbelievable, Jack. And, you know, obviously we're going to obviously we're going to be broadcasting. On <laughs> you know, who knows where the show goes from now until then. But the bottom line is that we're really going to uh, try to you know, break open the things that we feel strongly about. And that's a whole other issue. But we do have an honorable guest. This is kind of unannounced. We didn't know this was going to happen. We have... Uh, this is totally surprising. Uh, Jack, I think, Jack, because because of your status, Jack, we have a really honorable guest. We have God on the line. God, are you with us? Yes. Okay, Ooh. excellent. Oh, well, listen. My doctor. Uh, I, well, I think, I think it's because of your... I mean, we've never, never had God call in before, folks. Anybody who's listened to the Animal Farm, this is the first time God's ever called. God, did you get a chance to listen to uh, the Jack Blood show today? Unfortunately, I missed his show today ah. because my internet connection went down. Oh, bummer. F***ing Verizon. Oh, well, listen, God, this is a family show. Now. we got to be careful with it. We had to, wow. we had to beep you there. So much for omnipotence. Now, sure. Jack, Jack, do you have any uh, questions for God? Yes, I do have a question for God. Okay, well, why don't you shoot it? Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down, God? My, my eternal life. Uh-oh. Why not? No, oh, well, I guess he's got to, you know, we'll try. I'm actually not really sure about that. Uh, let me ask Satan. I'll get back to you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, what do you think, God? Are we going to heaven for what we're doing? Yes or no? No way. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Jack, any other thoughts for God before we let him go? Because this is obviously getting out of hand now. 
Uh, well, uh, I do have one very important question. Is David Shaler the Messiah? <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, we cleared that up once and for all. <laughs> God, any last-minute thoughts before we continue with the important stuff? Uh, yes, actually, one more thing. Okay. 9-11, a total inside job. Okay, uh, see? Listen, see? We, had, we, just he had, knows. we just had God tell us. <laughs> if you don't believe God, then what do you believe? I mean, listen, that's just ridiculous now. Um, uh-huh. Okay, thank you, God, for calling in. Appreciate it, and obviously because of Jack Blood. Moving yes. right along here, uh, Jack, I'm not sure if you've you've seen some of the Fox News clips. Really trying to justify, it. specifically, we're talking about the police beatings. You know, there's been several incidents now. It seems to come in waves, not just threes, but like sixes at a time. You know, but it seems to come in waves now where these police beatings get caught on tape. And we had the one in Lower East Side, Manhattan, where literally this guy's on the, on the ground. Two police officers are over him. One's monitoring it. And one guy has that metal club that I told you, Ben. They were beating, bashing his shins in with yeah. this metal club, which basically yeah. can break bone easily. He's beating the ever-loving hell out of his shins. It comes out of his hand. He gets it. He keeps beating him. And on top of that, Fox News on the O'Reilly show with one of the Fox... Fox, you know, O'Reilly basically interviews one of the Fox hosts, and they're trying to justify this. Check this out. We have to do these stories. I don't like to do them because they're always extenuating circumstances in these videotape gotcha police things that we don't know about. In fact, you uncovered one today. We're going to talk about that. This is the really, you know, one of the very many attractive blondes that has a show on Fox News because obviously they're, you know, Fox News is just a celebrity gossip nonsense show. But listen to how she tries to justify this. Yeah. But then there are situations that Americans have to see. O'Reilly's almost trying to set this up as well. This might be one of those things that we can't defend. The first one is a beating in New York City. Pick it up. Yeah, it's on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, uh, where two cops encounter a guy who they say was drunk, who they say they were trying to stop from entering a park, who they say attacked them with an umbrella and then started beating them with his fists, Mm -hmm. something this guy adamantly denies. Upon placing him under arrest or trying to, the guy, I'm sorry, but the videotape does show, attempts to resist arrest. Now, now keep in mind, now, now listen, <laughs> no matter what this man oh, did, crap. no matter what this man did to police, he is on the ground, he's got handcuffs on, or they're trying to put the handcuffs on, he's beating, his legs are being bashed in with a metal rod. You all know what that metal rod is. It extends like an antenna, but it's very strong, it's, it's basically indestructible, and the guy is whamming on his shins boom boom at least 10 11 15 something like that times and he's rolling around in pain because obviously he's getting his ass kicked these guys are under strict instructions to protect their guns when someone's arms are failing about when they won't let them put the cuffs on them they've got to watch it 10 percent of cops who are killed all year are killed by their own firearms so they they can't take any chance now again this man is on the ground on his back his shins are being beaten to a pulp by another officer other than the one trying to get the handcuffs on. I want to get this woman and put her on the ground and beat her shins in like this man was having and see if she can stay still. Now, Jack, you know this clip. I don't want to waste any more time, but uh, did you did you see this clip or what are your thoughts on this particular incident? You know, I mean, the worst one was when that kid fell off the overpass and the cops started beating him. You know, there is just absolutely <laughs> no limit to this. And I've, I've been in positions myself many times here in Austin and in Los Angeles where I lived before. Uh, where, you know, I've uh, taken some abuse from the police, I'll put it lightly. I think everybody should 
get out there and send your local cops, your you know your local sheriffs, whatever, to people like Jack McClam at Police and Military Against the New World Order, or people like Sheriff Richard Mack, and educate them on exactly you know what their duties are. But the problem really becomes you know when you're putting out ads on billboards, you're paying these cops twenty thousand a year, you're uh, hiring cops as fast as you can with Homeland Security money, federal money into local jurisdictions, right? And and they don't have the right training and they don't train them the right way it's not the same as where the cop you know you knew he lived in your neighborhood he was a third or fourth generation police officer we've got a lot of policemen that listen to our show good people that really want to you know try to get this information out to their fellow cops but uh, it's kind of our job to you know get that dialogue going to talk to our police to, to give them some information to know exactly what their duty is to know that this is an acceptable behavior otherwise it's just going to get worse yeah, I mean, it's it's turning into an us versus them mentality, and they're grouping together, and they're getting even worse, and they're turning into actual goon squads with federal funding behind them. <clears throat> and obviously, that's a you know that's a that's a very very bad thing um, from a from a national standpoint. No question, point of view, man, you know? no question. Um, yeah, so we so we really do want to be uh, go out yeah, there. And just say no to mercenary steroid ridden cops. Thank you. Absolutely. Coming up on a break, ladies and gentlemen, we'll re- be right back. AnimalFarmShow.com's the website. Stay tuned. We pride ourselves on the high moral standards of our program. And I mean that sincerely. We don't resort to sex or crime or violence or drinking on the program. is the number to reach us or you can drop us an AOL instant message Animal Farm Show all one word um, Jack you, you had mentioned uh, a, a case where uh, in, in Georgia because Georgia is now or, or a certain city in Georgia is now under martial law um, and what happened there you were saying uh, you're talking about Arkansas, but uh, you've Sorry. got Georgia on your mind, yeah, obviously. Your mind, go ahead, cue it up again. Hit go us on. again. Go ahead. Yeah. Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. Oh, man. Sing it. <laughs> wow. Everybody. Georgia on our mind, folks. It's in Arkansas. Uh, with a lot of stories coming out of Arkansas. That's right. Uh, the other day, uh, Democratic chairman, uh, chairman of the Democrats, his dos chairman, Bill Guatney, uh, was gunned down by a lone nut. We mentioned that earlier. What is very odd here is, number one, Guatney was going to go as a superdelegate and vote for Clinton. Now, if you've been watching the news today, Clinton is now going to be counted. There is going to be a roll call for Hillary Clinton at the yes. Democratic National Convention. All of her Puma supporters, all of her supporters are going to be there, and there are going to be some very tense moments, maybe even more so than up in, in Minnesota for the uh, Republican National Coronation. But Guatney, 
there has been some kind of a fight over him, you know, casting his vote for Obama, like a lot of the superdelegates are being forced to do, and they are being forced, okay? This is much like the CAFTA vote, where they start using extortion and blackmail to get these votes. Uh, he was going to stick and vote for Clinton, and he was gunned down by this lone nut who was killed, so we don't know. He didn't leave a note. Uh, this is a guy with three names, like Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, you know, they just announced his name. The funny thing is, when you look at the story, and I'm looking at a story here in The Guardian UK, it says that uh, Guatney, who owned a uh, – he was a used car salesman as well as a superdelegate. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, and I'm sorry, and I really apologize to his family, and, uh, you know, I, I feel for him. He was to attend the, according to the story in The Guardian, this is the story that's going, going around, he was to attend the Democratic presidential coronation later this month to cast his delegate vote for Barack Obama. Okay, but he never actually said that. There's no quote. In fact, the truth is he was going to go cast that vote for Hillary Clinton. So all of a sudden he's gone down, and then you, it's reminiscent. If you remember back, there was a shooting incident or a gunman incident at the Hillary Clinton headquarters, I believe, in New York uh, just about eight months ago. I think these people are really getting rough with each other, and uh, you don't want to – I mean, a message if, – if Obama's listening tonight, the, the long-legged pimp, if he's listening tonight <laughs> – uh, you know, and he, I know he listens to the Animal Farm show. And if he's listening, he don't mess with the Clintons, okay? Uh, he who shoots last shoots best in this, just like uh, in the elections. He who hacks last hacks best. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think Guatney could have been gunned down by an element of the Obama murder team, which is now summing up to be almost as, as poisonous, almost as murderous as the Clinton murder machine or the Bush murder machine. But these are the people we're about to vote for. We could have yeah. had Ron Paul. We got these people with their own hit squads, these thugs out there who are killing well, each know, other. That's what you get, Jack, when you, when, you, <laughs> when, you do this, when you do when you do the thing where you start assigning all these extra powers to the executive branch, you start getting the, the, the uh, Cretans out there that are fiending for the large power and that out there and you know then you have hillary clinton and obama fighting over and it gets pretty rough the the more power that you are expected to get the rougher the fight is going to be to to get that and everybody knows that the democrats are going to win uh obviously well and this is also a lesson to anybody else because again here's the story and obama is actually helping this along because he doesn't have any choice that hillary clinton hillary clinton will be entered into the nomination at the convention which we kind of knew was happening he was supposed to help her cover her bets she had uh, bet on her own campaign to the tune of about $10 million or more, and he was supposed to help her recover those losses. He didn't. He didn't fulfill some of the promises that he had made to her at the Bilderberg Conference in Virginia, Chantilly, Virginia, a couple of months ago, where they had this little secret meeting. So at the end of the day, he didn't fulfill his promises. Again, the hubris, the greed, uh, the ego that is involved uh, in, in all with all of these people. So she's going to get him back. And I think also he wasn't supposed to put up another woman vice president she was supposed to be the preeminent woman in the election okay and he might be putting Catherine sebelius up uh, who is the governor of kansas is also a bilderberger and accounts on foreign relations person along with james Woolsey, who we just talked about and that might also mess up the deal so she has kind of tricked him into getting him into this nomination and this murder in arkansas i think was a message to all the super delegates who might be thinking about maybe uh changing teams yeah, which Hillary Clinton has done long ago. Well, you give her some credit. At least she's uh, she's being persistent. But yeah, it seems like there is so much going on just behind the Democratic curtain. And uh, you know, how often do we talk about this, Ben? But 
Uh, who knows? You know, who knows what's going to happen next? But Monica Lewinsky was a dry hole. We sure know that. That's for sure, Jack. <laughs> oh my goodness! But I mean, you know, it's just drama after drama. And you know, instantly when I heard about this, it's something. I mean, I guess most of the time because of who I am and who, my beliefs. And I guess Ben could say the same thing. But it just seemed like something was very fishy about yes. this whole shooting and you know. How don't the, don't uh, say derogatory things about Hillary Clinton, okay? <laughs> Obviously it's not. As I told you, she changed teams long ago. Yeah, well, and of course the name, <laughs> the names you give to these politicians, Jack, just make my day that much better. Just so you know that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, I mean, as, as humbled as I am by you know the amount of knowledge that you have, other other hosts on the network, this whole thing, it just for me, it's just hard to try to decipher all of what's going on in this realm. You know, you, see, you hear about these these things that happen, and then they're breaking news, and then they kind of come and go. And you never hear about them again, and it's it's so difficult for me to find out exactly what is going on, why, but I'm glad you shed the light on that for me, and uh, Ben, I don't know, you know, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? I don't know. I mean, what what other, did he just have the three-name thing, or was it, uh, what other similarities does this guy have to, to the other patsies out there? Well, I mean, he's a lone nut, and he was killed, so he can't talk. But I thought the, 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 the interesting evidence, and I know Webster Tarpley has written an article about this. I believe you can go to total411.info, and uh, James Truth is going to be on my show Monday to kind of break this down a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I thought the interesting thing was that the media tried to paint him as an Obama superdelegate. And he'd never said that. And the fact is he was a Clinton superdelegate. So why are they lying in the media to say he's an Obama superdelegate? It's almost as if – now, we have to remember, I mean, the, the, the Arkansas machine, it's a Winthrop Rockefeller machine. And that's why, you know, they were able to go into Mena, Arkansas, both the Bushes and the Clintons working together to smuggle vast amounts, vast amounts of cocaine through there yeah. because it is a safe zone. And, and Winthrop, not one of the – not Nelson and not Jay Rockefeller who's in West Virginia – uh, John D. Rockefeller, who was behind that, I believe, that uh, Ron Paul Air incident that we had a while back. The clip uh, where we talk about that is at uh, DeadlineLive.info. But, uh, I mean, you know, he was relegated to Arkansas. He must not have been really in favor with, with the family. But that is Rockefeller-controlled territory through and through. It's a very dangerous place. You can ask Vince Foster about that. So, uh, you know, we're only speculating here. But I thought the odd thing was is that the media tried to say that he was a, again, just to repeat myself, or because I have to propel the propaganda, uh, you know, it, you know, for the the media to say that he was an Obama superdelegate had just switched was, I believe, a total fabrication. And so that kind of points to some bigger cover ups. Also, the fact that there was a church shooting at that same time and no media outlet reported that as well. It looks like this guy's voice to skull programming might have gone off the rails just a tiny bit. Uh, either that or they were trying to set it up to blame it on Al Qaeda, who we know uh, hits multiple uh, sure. uh, targets all at once. So uh, they might have yeah. been covering their bases on the cost-benefit analysis front, but uh, it's very fishy. So I'm, I'm interested in digging into it a little more. We're going to actually break this story on Monday when we get all of our ducks in a row. Good stuff. We're coming up on in a break. In my line that. of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over <laughs> and over again for the truth to sink in. Thank yes. you, George. Catapult the propaganda. George W. <laughs> got it. But, I thought uh, that was God uh, again. No, no. We, we, we may bring God back for another. George W. Thank you, George. Uh, I'm yeah, dyslexic, actually. It was dog. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Okay. Oh, man. So this is coming out of the Washington Post. And we only have a minute, really, until the break. But I want to get your uh, take on the other side of this. The anthrax case, um, this person that they're sort of uh, coming out. This came out of the Washington Post today. Hair samples and anthrax case 
don't match. Uh, strands from Mailbox in Princeton are not from Ivan's, investigators are saying. Um, he's sick. So I definitely want to get your, uh, get your take on this guy when he comes back. From my understanding, the uh, I thought that the uh, anthrax had proven to be coming from military grade and come from the CIA, but um, I'll, have to, I'll have to get your take on that when we get back. You are listening to the Animal Farm Show, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking to Jack Blood host of uh, Deadline Live on the GCN radio network. AnimalFarmShow.com is the website. If you'd like to get in contact with us, 512-646-1984, or you could drop us an AOL instant message. Animal Farm Show, all one word. We'll be right back, folks. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Welcome to the Animal Farm. We are on the phone with Jack Blood. If you'd like to call very quickly, we have some time for you. 512-646-1984. We were talking about this uh, anthrax case and um, how the hair samples in the anthrax case didn't match. Uh, strands from Mailbox and Princeton are not from Ivan's uh, investigators say. What does this say? Is this, is this clouding the situation? Well, I haven't read the story, so does it say that the, the anthrax wasn't weaponized from Fort Detrick, or it says it doesn't match Bruce Ivins and doesn't put him at the scene of the crime? I, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. I think it's, I think it's saying that it doesn't put um, the, the hair samples that they found weren't his, so it doesn't put him yeah. at, at the scene of the crime, yeah. Yeah, that's an easy one. I mean, what I'm thinking now is they got caught with their pants down. They thought, you know, I mean, they're so used to Americans being really stupid that they thought they could just float this out there and get it done. And you remember back when this all happened, they were trying to blame this on Saddam Hussein. Uh, we know where Saddam Hussein got his anthrax from, but they didn't give him the good anthrax that was, you know, grown in Ames, Iowa. I mean, I could talk about this for hours. The other day I read a, a, a piece that we did called uh, What If This Case Went to the Jury? And we did about a, a one-second uh, thing for the prosecution, and then we did about a, you know, a ten-minute thing for the defense. And the fact of the matter is the DNA that they have doesn't match. As you just mentioned, this has been out now for quite a while, doesn't match Bruce Ivins, okay? They already tried to pin this on his partner, Stephen Hatfield. It could have been any one of the people in that lab. Nothing goes to Bruce Hatfield. The, I mean, sorry, nothing goes to Dr. Bruce Ivins. The only evidence that they have that they're touting out, I'm, I'm sure he was anti-Semitic. I'm sure he was in league with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. I mean, they're going to say all this stuff, you know, but uh, the only evidence they really have is that he worked at a government lab that made this anthrax. Okay, that does not get past. No one's reporting that they tried to pin this on Saddam Hussein and bin Laden and everybody else. No one's reporting that Bush and the Bush administration was on Cipro before the anecdote allegedly for anthrax before this had all happened. Nobody talks about when they talk about this story how brute how uh, Donald Rumsfeld was involved and invested into a company that had also put out an anthrax, uh, an anthrax uh, vaccination or an anthrax anecdote, you know, anecdote mm -hmm. that, you know, so a lot of these issues, these questions aren't being asked. Why was the Ames strain in Ames, Iowa, where they got this, where they grew this weaponized anthrax that went to Fort Detrick that was weaponized? Why was that destroyed by the FBI when people started pointing the finger at them after the Saddam Hussein ether had worn off? They're 
they're going to throw out some confusion bombs. I mean, they're going to try to make this into JFK. Get so many different suspects that you just throw people off the trail. But we've already caught them now in a series of lies and trying to float out this whole Bruce Ivins, a lone, crazy guy who's now dead uh, that can't talk, certainly didn't float. And I'm sure they expected it to float. So we actually put this together, uh, this whole defense, if you were a jury listening to the case, we've got about 10 or 20 different items that, that the FBI can't answer the questions for. Very yeah. interesting. There you go. We're reckless, arrogant, stupid dicks. <laughs> and there you go. I mean, it's, that, that, that's the kind of thing I was talking about. A hundred scientists had access to that lab and that anthrax, you know. I mean, but we do know one thing. They admitted it. The FBI did their own investigation. They told us this came from Fort Detrick. It came from a government lab. We've been saying that all along. And Francis Boyle, Professor Francis Boyle, University of Chicago, has done excellent work on this and really put the FBI's back to the wall. And amazingly enough, this whole application apprehension of, of, of Bruce Ivins, who conveniently committed suicide, comes on the heels of people calling for a new investigation in the anthrax attacks. Uh, for the last two years, it was really snowballing and really getting a lot of traction. So they had to come up with something. This was all they can come up with, and they failed. Yeah. Well, Jack, I mean, the, the insight is so it really is welcome here because we do our best to get information out to people listening, obviously, like any show. But, you know, it's 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 often we miss things. And I'm really glad that you had a chance to come on and kind of give us your thoughts on this. And we'll try to participate likewise on your show. And I'll certainly be tuning in tomorrow because uh, you told us off the break there that you'll be talking about this more in detail. This, if not, if not tomorrow, if not Friday, then obviously with Monday. But uh, before we let you go, Jack, I, you have something to promote. We want to give you the time here to promote whatever you have to promote uh, this big event. So why don't you just uh, take it off? Well, I appreciate it since you guys aren't paying me for this. So uh, we have a <laughs> well, you, you can always pay me. But the uh, and you did actually you, we did a barter arrangement today, which uh, I should tell your <laughs> listeners about, which is very satisfactory to me. Uh, we have a whole new website, which is interactive. That means you can comment on all the stories. I'm writing all new stories constantly. Uh, in fact, uh, at a, the top of our headline news page at DeadlineLive.info, DeadlineLive.info, our news site, you can hear the interview that we did with Deborah Stevens, who I know is helping us work the show today as a producer about the Rainbow Gathering and how this is a sign of the times. When we're talking about non-lethal weapons and all of this, you've got to hear this interview that I did with uh, Deb Stevens, and that's at the top of our page at DeadlineLive.info. You can also get all the news about our show, the articles that I write, uh, the articles that are written about us. Uh, you can actually go back about two years and you can get uh, all the news we reported for two years, exclusive news reports. Also, you can get free podcasts. I can't say that on my show. So that's an announcement that I couldn't say on the Genesis Communications Radio Network because I don't want the radio police coming and hunting me down. But free <laughs> podcasts at DeadlineLive.info. Also, I will be doing a concert with Cynthia McKinney and Cindy Sheehan and uh, Les Claypool from Primus, Tom Morella from Rage Against the Machine, uh, Raza from the Wu-Tang Clang, Suicidal Tennessees, Fishbone. Eka Mouse, all these great underground bands at uh, Los Angeles, at the Los Angeles State Historic Park on September 27th. It's going to be a huge concert. We can sell 20,000 tickets. They're available at Ticketmaster right now, about 20 bucks to get in before they start scalping tickets. So you want to go to Ticketmaster if you can get out to L.A. Uh, that is going to be a huge truth concert that I'm going to be speaking at, and I want people to come to that. But we have a special announcement for your show. Uh, the rumors have been confirmed. The Austin, Texas Revolutionary All-Stars, to which I am the front man and singer and uh, co-songwriter and producer, 
uh, will be playing here in Austin, Texas for maybe one show only uh, at the uh, Room 710 on 9-11, the night of 9-11. Now, there are two concerts going on. One is at Red 7, the Communist Club. You can go to that show if you want. Uh, that is, <laughs> that's the for the, I'm wait just kidding. Wait, what's the club? Wait, wait, what's the club? It's called Red 7, and they do have a giant hammer and a sickle behind the stage, but uh, we're not going to hold that against them. Our good friends, Exit from the Sun, Exit the Sun, are going to be playing there. Used to be uh, Rubberhead, a great punk rock band. They're going to be playing there. It's a, 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 a fundraiser for the Feel Good Foundation. John Feel, who's one of the firefighters, uh, one of the uh, first responders that has been poisoned by responding to 9-11, doing his patriotic duty. So that's a great thing. Right across the street at Room 710, we'll be doing our gig, and we will be playing. So this is the first time anyone's heard this. This might be the only time you're going to see it. Uh, Guyman Adams uh, from uh, God's Little Toy is going to be playing guitar in that band, and he's one of the chief songwriters, and he's one of the uh, people that was with the genesis of this band. Uh, my good, good friend, friend my yeah, good friend Jeff Creep, uh, who has played on the big Biggest stages across the world is a punk rock drummer for the Midnight Creeps, and now in the Rock City Rockingtons is going to be playing the drums. All of our favorite musicians are going. To, we're going to put on a crazy show, man! It is a truck coming in for 15 minutes, a short set, just mowing people over. And I've been playing. I've played thousands of shows, so we're going to all throw our expertise into one lump 15-minute set on 9/11 at Room 710. On uh, here in Austin, Texas, and Blunt Force Trauma, uh, the drummer for them, of course, uh, being Felix from the fastest drummer on the apps on the whole planet, uh, from a band called DRI. Uh, their band is going to play uh, Doom Siren, Reagan era, Religious Vomit. Uh, I know you guys want to go see Religious, religious Vomit. vomit. Yeah, of course. I, why would I not want to see You can bring God to that. And uh, Street Cleaner also playing that show. It's all a 9-11 show for 9-11 information. So uh, I hope a lot of people come out. we got two gigs now. We're working on the day gig, too, so that will be a third gig. 9-11 in Austin, Texas. I'm not going to New York this year. We're staying in Austin, and we're going to really, uh, I was going to say raise hell. We're going to really you know, put it all out there for people. I, I have to get. God might have some issue with yeah. that. Well, first of all, God, are you gonna? God, do you want to see religious vomit? Yes. Okay. God says yes, and um, God's sick right. of religion too. Trust me, I talk to well, him, listen, or at least uh, I get drunk enough sometimes to think I am. Well, there you go. And, and <laughs> folks, if you missed it before, God called in just because Jack was on the show. This is the first time God's ever called our show, and I think hopefully in the future we will speak to God. Maybe we'll have some words before the show's yes. over. Um, there you go. There's God right there. So, Jack, I mean, that's that's great. And, and thank you for, first of all, thank you for making the announcement on our show. And we're really, once again, uh, just privileged and proud to have you on the show. As always, anytime you want to come on, by all means, just let us know. Uh, before we let you go for our last final power segment, any last thoughts? Yeah, I'd like to have God on Deadline Live. we got to try to arrange that. I want to see if we can do it. Nice. Why not? Okay. I think, I think God's up to it. We'll talk over the break. If God is, stays on the line there, Jack, we'll talk to God, and we will, um, you know, obviously. There's a great song by Bright Eyes. you got to play that. If I Talk to God, he played it on the Jay Leno show, and I don't think they saw or heard from him for about two years after that. It's a great song. <laughs> oh, yes. my goodness. Well, Jack, uh, great stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll try to arrange the God interview. Uh, obviously, he's kind of under wraps with us. We have royalty fees and stuff to pay him, yeah. that whole thing. And we'll, we'll definitely do that. But, Jack, once again, thank you for coming great. on. Yes. Uh, we uh, obviously love having you on any other time. It'd be great. And let's keep in touch. And uh, once again, folks, thanks for your participation. Jack Blood, thank you for coming on the Animal Farm. Well, I do have one more thing to say. Say it. 
Uh-oh. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> we just gave Jack Blood a little board, folks, and he's using it, and we're really glad that he's happy to have it. And, Jack, thank you once again. We're not worthy. Yes. We're not worthy. <laughs> we're not worthy at all, folks. We're so humbled to have the greatest radio talk show host in the history of mankind on our show, Jack Blood. Thank you so much. And, uh, unfortunately, out of time, no power segment tonight for Pyeth or Ben. I am Tony saying thank you to Jack Blood. Thank you to God. And I want to let go with God's final words on 9-11, folks. Stay tuned for Tuesday's show. Take care. God, take it over. 9-11, total inside job. Good show. Jolly good show, Major.